Hey, what's up? It's your girl, Ida Rodriguez, and welcome to this episode of Truth Serum. Um, again, I always like to start with gratitude and say thank you to all of you who post the videos, who participate, who continuously show up. And I just want to say thank you. Um, we are um, going to be doing the show today live. I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, because I'm performing here at the House of Comedy. I'm here through Sunday. And so if you are in, come by and get a laugh. Um, I won't disappoint you in terms of comedy. I may disappoint you in terms of politics because I don't do uh, political humor, um, but I do make fun of everybody. So I just wanted to uh, plug my show because it's been six months since I have had a weekend and I'm excited to be here in Phoenix. And yesterday we had a great show and um, I'm excited for uh, today's show as well. Um, Orlando Labo will be joining me. Um, first and foremost, um, you know, I just wanted to say that it's been an interesting week. I'm going to be talking about uh, some of the things that you have been seeing in the headlines. Yes, I will be doing the show by myself again today. Um, I've decided that I want to do some of these shows by myself because I want to be able to get out the things that I need to get. Um, anyway, let's get to it. Um, this week we had a political debate. Uh, the Trump, uh, the president was, uh, came down with or has the uh, COVID-19 coronavirus flu. Um, Kamala Harris and um, Mike Pence faced off. Pete Buttigieg went off and dropped the mic. Um, there's a little bit of handmaid's, handmaid's Tale in this episode as well, as there's a little bit of Handmaid's Tale in every episode now, because that's what um, a lot of our political landscape is looking like. And I got to tell you about these 13 thugs that were uh, planning to commit a heinous crime. And, you know, they are thugs, degenerates, some of the worst unpatriotic, unpatriotic people in this country. And you need to see them and know who they are. Um, anyway, up to it. Let's talk about it. I'm always talking about the way the fact that I'm. I hear people say, I'm not racist. I'm married to a black woman. I'm not racist. I have black children. I'm not racist. I, um, I have, uh, my Mexicans are some of my best friends. And I think it's important for us to realize that, you know, um, the racism has nothing to do with your proximity to people of color. Racism has everything to do uh, with your mindset, and more importantly, it has to do with systems that hold people down. But whether you're a bigot or not is the question you should be asking, asking yourself. And if you have to justify that you are not a bigot because you know people of color or are associated with them, you are probably a bigot. Um, a couple of people had a, had a response to this statement that Pence said, when Pence said that Donald Trump wasn't racist because he had, or, or anti-Semitic because he has Jewish grandchildren. And um, the homie Stephen Colbert had something to say about it. Check out the video. Now, remember last week when Trump wouldn't uh, disavow you know, hate groups? Well, Mike Pence tonight denied that Trump is a white supremacist by pointing this out. President Trump has Jewish grandchildren. And furthermore, Susan, I want to point out that I have a black friend, by which I mean this fly on my head. 
<laughs> and listen, here at Truth Serum, we want to make sure that we give it to you equally. Uh, we want to give it to you straight with no chaser. And there, no one is safe from the truth because the truth is the truth, regardless of where, what political party you belong to and where you stand. That, my friend, was a funny joke. But um, I just want those of you who are out there who respond to me weekly and say that you appreciate because you continuously learn. A lot of people responded to our episode about hair. A lot of people have responded to our episodes about Afro-Latinidad and, and I appreciate you. So and while you're learning, one of the things that you should learn and, and, and internalize and regurgitate is that nothing makes you a racist or a bigot, but racist and bigot views and behaviors. You having, being around black people, being around uh, you know, Latinx people, you being around, allowing gay people into your orbit or having friends who are transgender. If your behaviors, your language, your attitudes and your actions are those that oppress those groups of people then you probably are a bigot. And you can be a bigot with a black husband, like the lady who called the man the N-word and didn't want to get videotaped and started screaming, I have a black husband. And then black husband trended because that's where we are in society. <laughs> um, I just wanted to point out that I thought one of the funniest things I read this week was that the RNC had bought a ticket and saved a seat for Tupac for the debate because uh, <laughs> Kamala had claimed that she, you gotta stop. Kamala had claimed that, um, <laughs> this is what happens when we're live. She claimed that Tupac, she used to listen to Tupac when she was in college and Tupac wasn't even born. So that was fun. That is also a funny joke. Um, anyway, Jewish was a religion. The late Sammy Davis Jr. was of the Jewish Faith. And I'd like to address some of these comments because that's how we engage. This is an interactive experience. Culturally, um, Jewish people also claim that they're, they're not, Judaism is not just their religion, but it is also considered a culture. And people are culturally Jewish. Um, it is not a race, but they do identify culturally. Um, and yes, Sammy Davis Jr. was uh, Jewish. Tiffany Haddish is Jewish, um, but Tiffany Haddish is Jewish by blood. So um, do I think that because his grandchildren are uh, Jewish, does that mean that? He... So we're talking about anti-Semitism and racism and having an attitude towards Jewish people that, you know, would classify them as being less than or perpetuating the stereotypes about them is also uh, problematic. So what the, the point that Mike Pence was making was that Donald Trump is not problematic when it comes to Jewish people because his grandchildren are Jewish, despite the fact that he has participated in anti-Semitic lang language and uh, in, has participated in some things that are considered anti-Semitic. Um, anyway, I wanted to talk about Donald Trump and his, uh, you know, bad makeup job. I was going to push this back to later, but the reason I want to talk about it is because Donald Trump was, came down, was COVID positive and COVID positive 
to prove to his base that he's the man man because there's so much toxic masculinity in, a lot, in the things that he does and the, the base that he tries to appeal to, which tend to be people who are misogynistic, you know, have suffer from some toxic masculinity along with the racism and the xenophobia. He wanted to let people know that he's stronger than everyone. And he beat COVID in a record days. He got out of the hospital and um, he's ready to go, you know, hit back, go back. Though there have been reports that, you know, he was low on oxygen and that there were conflicting reports about his health. He has to put on his face because we have an election coming up. And so he cannot afford to be sick or look like he is incapacitated because, you know, Nancy Pelosi is trying to employ that 25th Amendment and get him out of there, claiming that he is not fit to be the president of the United States. So he is out here doing this tour and we know he's sick. We know he tans, but his makeup job. I mean, if you look at his hands and you look at his face, that doesn't look like a makeup artist did that. It looks like a mortician did. You see that? So, you know, I know a lot of people wish death upon him. A lot of people don't like him. But I just think that it's sad that a person who is ill and not feeling well, um, you know, would go out and maintain their, you know, their stand that they're okay because uh, they have an election and compromising their health. You know, Donald Trump is, you know, an elder. He is someone who is in the target group for COVID. He belongs to the most vulnerable group, yet and still he's out there insisting that he, you know, beat it. And, you know, I, here we are. So someone says, have you considered the possibility that you are completely wrong in your assessment as to what or why the president's motives are? What I, um, so Marquis, um, what I have done is asserted myself in my stand, in my opinion, and that is what this show is about, is Ida's point of view and my truth serum. The, do I know what Donald Trump's motives are? Pro uh, completely that I can say that I know for a fact, no, and neither can you, because unless you're rolling with Donald Trump, which I doubt because you're on my feed, um, I mean, I'm, my assessment is that he was sick. There were conflicting reports from medical professionals. The doctor, who is his doctor, said one thing one day and the very next day said something else. Um, there's an, an election coming up, up, and I know that right now that election is very important to him because he is uh, he's had a lot of hits in this election cycle. And so is there a possibility that he might be pretending that he's healthier than he is? Sure. And I don't think that that's too uh, far-fetched for me to think. But feel free to uh, share your opinion because that's what we're, doing, what we're doing here. And I respect everyone's opinion as I expect you to respect mine. Um, but his makeup job is what I was going to say is pretty poor because that's not tanning. That is orange face. And it's pretty dark and it's very comparable to some of the people who are accused of doing blackface and brownface. If you look at his hands and you look at his face and yes, my hands are lighter than my face, but my hands are also a reflection of my complexion and his hands are not. 
when is he going to stop? And more importantly, I don't give a shit about him being sick um, because if he wants to tend to his health that way, he can. The problem is that he is infecting people daily. And I don't know if you saw, but Deadline, I don't know if the story is is accurate. Allegedly, they were uh, releasing a story saying that Mike Pence also tested positive for COVID. And then they had to retract because according to the email, they the, the person who does social media was told, do not release this until the story breaks. And the person prematurely released it, released it. So um, there's that. So if you want to, um, you know, you want to um, speculate as to why Donald Trump is doing what he's doing, you can, we all can. But my problem is that he is infecting people as he goes. And as I don't know, I mean, there were what, 11 people who have been, who tested positive for COVID. Um, you know, Hope Hicks positive, you know, Kellyanne Conway as her daughter broke on uh, TikTok. We're listening to a 15 year old giving us the news. Um, there was, uh, I mean, I mean, how many other people have tested positive for COVID that have been in the presence of governor? Um, and that is not, yeah, that is not um, okay. It's not okay to get people sick because some of them will live and some of them may live. But what if someone does die? It's not over yet. We've only heard of them testing positive. We haven't seen it through. So is it fair for you to take a chance with somebody else's health because the probability of your survival is there, is the question. Is that okay? You know what I'm saying? To say that they lived, is that okay for somebody to do that? And how, I mean, it's easy for you to say, because you're here, you're not one of those people that someone took your life into their hands. But if you were, would you appreciate it, whether it's the president of the United States or the grocery store, um, the person that checks you out at the grocery store? Is it okay for them to risk your life and, take, and gamble when we don't know everything that we need to know about COVID and the factors are very different and there are people who are 26 and 93 years old dying and some people have no pre-existing conditions, but the blood clots took them down or whatever it is. Is it okay for someone to put your life at, in danger and be negligent with your life based on their ideologies about illness. Absolutely not. That is not okay. And I believe that some people can probably sue you for that, right? If you knowingly have herpes and have sex with someone, they can sue you, right? That, that is a fact. So if you knowingly have COVID, whether you're the president of the United States or the driver of the bus, is it okay for you to know that you have this and still expose people who could be vulnerable to it. And that's the only question that we need to answer. Your speculation about what Donald Trump and coronavirus, and if he lived and if he's strong and if he's the man, that's all the bullshit you keep to yourself. It has nothing to do with the fact that a lot of the people that are around Donald Trump are, are of, of the age that is most vulnerable. Mike Pence is an older man, Quite a few of the people that he is around and that he is exposed to. And listen, they didn't want to put the, the plexiglass up. They fought Kamala Harris for fighting for her health. And then if Mike Pence is, is positive 
for COVID, then he would have exposed her. Mother, his wife, did not have on a mask because they were trying to make a point. Now, these people, the, the other thing that I want to talk about here, and I I get so irritated with so more um so many of you who constantly want to perpetuate this thing about it's nothing and that I'm being fearful. Of course I'm being fearful. A government who tested uh, black people and gave them syphilis and denied it all the way through until finally couldn't deny it anymore. The Tuskegee experiment, Mountain Bill, if you've never seen it, look it up. If these people have done this. Why would you trust the government? Republicans and Democrats alike are always talking so much shit about how they don't trust the government. Mainly what they're saying is they don't trust the people on the opposite aisle of the government um, but they, they say, we don't trust the government, right? We don't trust the government. So why do you trust the government with coronavirus, COVID-19, when every week they give you a different set of rules and a, a different set of, of, of factors involving this? Why don't you listen to the doctors and stop listening to the politicians because the doctors know what the fuck they're doing and the politicians are just trying to get votes. How about that? But whatever, we can have this conversation. Anyway, the debate was um, interesting. It was, uh, it was boring and it was funny. And the reason why it was funny was because a fly landed on Mike Pence's head. His eyes were red. He looked like he had pink eye. And um, it was just odd that the fly was what was trending because uh, the debate was meh. And you can at me if you want. I think Kamala held her own. I think it's very interesting that they both tried to maintain a tone of civility. I think that that has a lot to do with the Donald Trump effect because Donald Trump is so spirited and so outrageous that everybody wants to be, um, everybody tunes in and wants to watch because it is, you never know what's going to come out of his mouth. Kamala is handcuffed by being a black woman. She can't be too spirited. She can't get angry. She can't go off because then she's considered an angry black woman. So she had to maintain a, a certain level of composure. And even with that, even with that, Megyn Kelly took it upon herself to tweet, be, take it like a woman, don't make faces. And then if you go to... Uh, Google and you Google Megyn Kelly and had certain interviews that she's had, you can find a gallery of pictures of Megyn Kelly making faces. So when I see this, I automatically have to go there and say how interesting it is to hear these white people telling this black woman that she is behaving a certain way. Um, but it, it is just another way of trying to hold and restrain Black people's rage and anger in the name of civility, right, from a people who have been very uncivil towards them and us. Um, so I just thought it was very interesting that she had to maintain. And even with all of that civility, she still held her own in the debate. Now, why I tell you it was unfair, Fox News, Pete Buttigieg goes by, he, uh, he's being interviewed about the, uh, the, the, the upcoming debate. And of course, is asked the uncomfortable question about Kamala. 
And uh, his response was very interesting so much that it kind of shut the two people who were interviewing him up. Take a look. You know, when you run for president, you have a record on all of these issues. And then we've seen that record and her stance on them changing over time. So there's no doubt she's going to be asked about that tonight. Can you give us some insight into what she might say to justify why, why she, was she was for Medicare for all then and is not, and is for, not it for it now, now for example? For example. Well, there's well, a classic there's... parlor game of trying to find a little bit of daylight between running mates. And if people want to play that game, we could look into why a, an evangelical Christian like uh, Mike Pence wants to be on a ticket with a president caught with a porn star or how he feels about the uh, uh, immigration policy that he called unconstitutional before he decided to team up with Donald Trump. If folks want to play that game, we, we could do it all night. But uh, I think what most Americans want to hear about is are our families going to be better protected than they have been by this president who's failed to secure America in the face of one of the most dangerous things ever to happen to our country? Actually, um, that was a highlight of the week because <laughs> Pete Buttigieg wasn't having it that day. He just wasn't having it. And I think that it is important and that no matter what side of the political aisle that you are on, that you are able to hold all sides accountable because I believe, in my opinion, is that that is what being a true patriot is. And these politicians who are public servants who work for you, whose salaries you pay with your taxes should all be held accountable. No matter how much you like them, you have to be able to say, what are you doing? What's going on here? That's wrong. You shouldn't do this. There is nothing wrong with doing that. You can't truly say that you love Donald Trump. You can't truly say that you love Joe Biden if you cannot hold them accountable for their wrongs. And furthermore, ask them to expound upon how they're going to correct those wrongs in the future, being that we are going to employ them to be the leader of the free world. They work for us. So Pete shut down. I think Pete was being fair. He didn't take his feelings with him about the debates when he was running for president. He said, this is fair and fair is fair. And if you are an evangelical and you are one of those people who says that you walk in a way that's worthy of the calling, you believe in the Bible, you believe in the word, you are constantly talking about Jesus and talking about the Ten Commandments, and you bring them up when you talk about Black-on-Black -black crime, when you talk about um, the, the people who are crossing the borders, which you forget Jesus when you're talking about immigration, but you love to bring up Jesus when you're talking about crimes and the issues of people of color in this country, but you can, you're very anti-abortion and you call it a sin. And in the Bible, no sin is greater than any other sin. You're not the only one who's read it. I've read it too. No sin is greater than any other in the eyes of God. So how is it that you're not holding Donald Trump accountable for his extramarital affairs? We don't have to talk about Stormy Daniels being a porn star as if her value is less as a, a human being because of what she does for a living. We can just say that he had an extramarital affair. Someone who holds a Bible and doesn't read it and you are still talking about God in the same sentence and Jesus with Donald Trump and Donald Trump had sex with a woman outside of his marriage. So I think that Pete Buttigieg made a very good argument 
and saying, if we're going to hold Kamala accountable for her wrongs, then we have to, and we're going to hold Joe Biden accountable for his wrongs, then we have to hold Donald Trump and Mike Pence accountable for their wrongs. Now, let's talk about Mike Pence not um, being this evangelical creature who is rolling with Donald Trump, right? He is, he wanted to pray the gay away. He believes in gay conversion therapy. He doesn't um, surround himself with women unless his wife is around. So he's not allowed to be around women. He calls women um, his wife mother. Um, So he is rolling with Donald Trump, who we know has only paid $750 in taxes. He said he paid millions of dollars in taxes, but that's not what the receipts say. So you are okay. Um, you're such an upholder of the word so much. You believe homosexuality is an abomination, right? And you want to pray the gay away. You want to you want to do these these practices with gay people, but it's okay for Donald Trump to cheat on his wife. I don't know. That sounds hypocritical to me. And um, like I said, I, I don't belong to any to uh, any gang like that. But while talking about evan- evangelicals. The woman that Donald Trump, um, Amy Coney Barrett, has uh, that (laughs) the woman that um, Donald Trump wants to serve on the Supreme Court as the justice who will replace RBG, um, the woman who, you know, he praises for the adopting the the children and being such a great mom, um, served in a religious group as a handmaid. Um, what does it mean that Amy Coney Barrett served as a handmaid in a religious group is the headline in the Forbes argument. And I wanted to ask you, what does that mean to you? There are many people who don't identify as Christian. There are many people who don't identify as Muslim, Jewish. Some people are atheists. Some people are agnostic. Some people are Buddhist. This is the, the United States it was founded on. It is constitutional for you to have the freedom of your religion, but your politicians who are fighting against separation of church and state are now putting these extreme religious people in positions of power so that they can not only implement, but also continue to enforce their religious views by ways of laws. And of course, if you are a handmaid, you are told, of course, that um, abortion is wrong, homosexuality is wrong. So what does it mean when someone who holds those views, who's been part of a cult, is now having a voice in the laws of the land that affect the people who have mostly been affected by these laws, that who have been affected the most, the marginalized people in this country? You know, when we talk about abortion, we, we always take it to a religious place. We don't talk about how abortion has been used to keep people of color down, black people in this country, because if you want to make it a, a law issue, this is just another, you know, straight to pipe, uh, straight to prison pipeline for women of color who are having abortions, people who are in marginalized areas who don't have um, the benefit of resources and money and might have to resort to having an abortion. Now we're talking about abortion um, from a political standpoint and not just the religious one. But if you have someone whose religious views is vehemently opposing um, women's choices with their bodies, 
You know, a handmaid is very extreme. That's not, you know, a Southern Baptist going to church every Sunday. A handmaid is someone that belongs to a cult. And that is an extreme, extreme way of thinking. And now you're taking that to the highest court of the land. These are the things that you should be asking about no matter where you are on the political spectrum, whether you want to call yourself a conservative, a Democrat, a liberal, a, a Republican, a right winger, whatever you want to call yourself. These are the questions that you should be asking because you never know when these laws are going to directly affect you and you should be thinking about it. As a recovering Catholic, the handmaiden wants to, males to have deep control of our bodies and want Black and Latinx folks to be submissive to their Anglo theories. And that is a recovering Catholic. That is someone who says, I belong to this religious group. And this is what being a handmaid um, means to her. So I, I, here we are, are talking about these things and everybody wants to get riled up when you talk about their guy or their girl because you have an emotional connection to these politicians because you are not uh, consuming this stuff as a constituent, but as a fan. And those of us who are concerned are not only about our democracy, but our communities have to bring to light that these things are happening and these are the things that need to change for us to have a better America because they affect my communities and communities of color and people who are marginalized the most. So um, I don't know if she was actually a handmaid, but what I, but from what I've read, there were several um, arguments, I mean, art articles written about her being a handmaid. She also took paid speaking gig, um, engagements from white supremacy groups. I read that as well. So the thing is that when these articles come out about people of color, black people in this country, you hear about every aspect of their affiliation with people who are deemed to be bad, criminally minded, or doing unethical stuff. No problem in telling you that Kamala, you know, that Kamala did this, Cory Booker took money from pharmaceutical companies. No problems uh, bringing this to light. And those of us who are objective thinkers have to receive the information and say, you know what? This is wrong. This is not okay. This, this, this is problematic for our government. We have to be able to do that with everybody, right? So how is it that it is misogynistic to take to task this woman who may very well be bringing her religious, extreme religious views into the highest court of the land that is going to be making decisions, not just about Roe versus Wade and the criminal system, but, but our actual voting process and our actual election. And we should all be very concerned that everything should be of balance including that Supreme Court, because when your day is up and your day will be up because all of our days are up and you have to be held accountable by that court or you are affected by a law that is being decided by that court, what you going to do? Um, I, uh, I, I just I think that um, the choice was made too early. 
I thought that it was unfair being what we had to deal with with Barack, President Obama and his political and his Supreme Court justice choice and how Mitch McConnell just ran through it and said no. And now here we are making a decision in the midst of a pandemic. This woman who's supposed to be the cure because she's replace, replacing a woman who may have very extreme views is not, uh, it, it ain't it. She also voted, voted in big corporation interests and against workers. And I'm gonna tell you this, I watched The Handmaid's Tale. It was, it was a woman who did us all in. So, amen. You can believe whatever you want to believe. That's the beauty about being in this country. You can actually see it, say it out loud. But um, we should be concerned with uh, that is what oppression is. When your personal views get to affect the lives and livelihoods of others. That's my opinion. Um, this show is not going to be, we're not going a full hour, but I'm going to go ahead and close this show out with these 10 thugs that I was talking about. There was a plot to uh, kidnap Governor uh, Whitmer of the state of Michigan. Um, if you remember her, um, this, is, this is where we saw these men charge the, um, the, the government offices with guns who were not arrested, who were protesting um, and showed up, who have been showing up and uh, showing out, they are called um, militia groups, and um, and they and they push back on that. They said they're not militia groups; they're just protesting like Black Lives Matter because that's Black Lives Matter seems to be the metric for everybody now because nobody wants to uh, uphold the ideology and keeps conflating the, the ideology with the actual organization. But these men who stormed, uh, who were plotting and were, you know, the FBI caught them. They were plotting to um, kidnap this woman and kill her um, from one of the articles that I read, allegedly murder her. I want you to take a look at these guys. These are 10 of the 13 um, thugs that were going to kidnap. Now, now let me tell you, thir 13 men were going to kidnap this one woman. They were going to kidnap this one woman and they had been, um, they, they feel she's an anarchist and she's part of the plot to take America down. Now, these people are saying that she is part of the plan to take America down. These are domestic terrorists. They are criminals. They are thugs and they should be called that. And um, it doesn't matter, listen, your political views are granted to you in this country by the constitution, by the rights, the rules and the laws of the land. But when you take it upon yourself to harm one of these people because their political views directly oppose yours, now we got problems. Cause you can imagine, can you imagine being the White House being stormed by all of the descendants of the slaves, the White House that was built by the slaves, by the way. Can you imagine all marginalized people storming all of these buildings and these politicians that continuously uphold laws and rules that keep us down? Can you imagine there would be a war in this country? But 13 white men thought it was okay to kidnap one white woman and bring her 
to shame. You know why? Because they've been emboldened. And let me tell you why they were emboldened. Because if you saw those men and women charge that government building fully armed and bully the security guards and the government and the, the politicians and the, the, the state officials that worked in that building without any consequences, of course, they would think that the natural progression is since we can do whatever we want, because historically we've been able to do whatever we want. We've been able to kidnap and kill black people without going to jail. We've been able to beat up on gay people and not get any trouble for it. We've been able to rape women and we get away with it. Why wouldn't we think that we could kidnap one lady? 13 of us kidnap one lady. And what were you going to do? How manly is this? This is the toxic masculinity that is interlaced with the racism in this country and the white supremacy. And you and white people that are allies know that I don't I, I mean this from the best place in me. This has been a problem in this country for centuries, and we've been dealing with it as people of color, as gay people, as women, as um, poor people, that these people who look like this continue to do really horrible things in this country without any consequences. And that is why they continue to do it. And the children of the people who look like this and their children. And now we have generations of this and we have a severe unbalance, not just in this country, but around the world. And we cannot get back to balance until we address this issue. This issue, they were going to kidnap a white woman. They were going to kidnap a white woman. Where is the outrage for the people who are always saying that, uh, where are the people, where are the descendants of, of the people of that accused Emmett Till? Where are the people who are appalled about horrible things happening to white women in this country? Where are you? Why aren't you showing up for this lady? Because the toxic masculinity, the misogyny in this country, is far greater than anything else. And it is interlaced with the racism and the sexism and the homophobia. And those of us who are victims of that and continue to be victims of that have to stand by and watch. Or oh, what did he say? Stand by and stand down and stand by. We have to sit here and watch people like this continuously plot. Now, that's one woman, that's the governor of, in Michigan. How many more plots are out there of people thinking about doing these things to, to people because they oppose their political views? They feel oppressed. There are people who feel oppressed because they got to wear masks. People who feel oppressed because they have to share space with marginalized people in this country. This is what it's come to. It is the epitome of when you are accustomed to privilege, equality feels like oppression. Um, I want to invite you to share your thoughts. You share them all the time, whether we agree or disagree. That is the beauty about having uh, conversations. And that is how you grow. And that is how you go. I am not here to be a political tool for any of these politicians or political parties. I am here for the people. And my desire and my goal is that we have a better world for us who go up, show up to work every day. And not just those of us who are entertainers. You know, I speak when I speak. I am speaking to my grandmother, who's a door to door woman salesman, what saleswoman. 
to speak to the my uncle who worked at a McDonald's as a manager, speak to you know my mother who worked at a parking structure and was a, the ticket attendant, speak to my brothers who work for a car dealership, speak to all of the people in my habitat and my family who are not in the top 1%, including me. And, and that is just one family. All of the people of this country who show up every day and work, and pay their taxes the way that they're supposed to pay their taxes because there are great consequences when you don't, when you're an average citizen in this country. That is who you should be voting for. You don't just vote for yourself. You vote for everyone in your community. And for all of those people who don't have a voice, you show up for them. Fuck these politicians. Use them as tools and vehicles for you to get what you want in your community. From the local level to the national level, that is what they're supposed to be doing. They're not your friends. They're not your cousins. They shouldn't be your role models. They shouldn't be your icons. They should fucking be the public servants that we employ them to be by way of our taxes, that those of us who continue to pay our taxes, and I know you're out there, are paying for, and that is what this is about. So when you read that booklet, take your bullshit Red Sox and Yankees mentality out of it and look at those propositions and look at those laws and look at the politicians and who they support and what they've employed in your community because at the end of the day, that's what it should be about. And you should be rooting for Donald Trump on The Apprentice on the other side. What you should be doing in this election is holding him accountable, not for an economy that has benefited corporations and rich people who look like him, but look at your community, look what's happening around, check out the superintendent at the schools of your kids and see what they are doing to make your life better as a, as a citizen of this country who is doing everything that you're supposed to be doing and they owe you for that. Ida Rodriguez, truth serum. And um, listen, if you disagree with me, great. That is awesome. That is what this country is about. And that is why we should respect other people's opinions, even though they may not be similar to us. Let's get back to being thinkers and stop being fucking robots because we got to fight these robots, these machines, and in addition to these goddamn politicians who have gone off the rails and are now just looking for checks and don't give a shit about any of us. So if that's what you about, good luck with that. Those of us are going to keep fighting for a better world. And when I say a better world and a better country, you got that right. I mean, people of color, black people and marginalized people in this country. And I'll never be afraid to stand up for that. And if you have a problem with that, then you have a problem with me. Have a great week. Thank you. And uh, have a great weekend. Truth Serum, we'll be back next week, Friday, same time. No matter where we are, we go on at noon. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you so much for showing up. Thank you so much for your opinions. And um, be safe out there.